Hello, and welcome to another episode on Paving the Way podcast. Once again, I'm Seth Amoa, a.k.a. Essay. I'm here with Kenny Jean-Louis, a.k.a. KJL. And today we're here with someone who's a former cheetah, a former stinger. When you talk about Montreal basketball, Quebec basketball, his name definitely comes to mind. Uh, we'll talk more about it more into the interview. Once again, give it up for Damien Buckley. Thank you, thank you. Merci, merci d'avoir accepté l'interview. On t'a envoyé un message puis directement t'as dit que t'étais partant. So, je pense qu'il y a beaucoup de personnes qui vont apprendre de cette interview-là. Joueur, coach, trainer. So, merci encore d'avoir euh, accepté l'interview. Bienvenue, bienvenue. Okay, so the first question that we always ask everyone, when the passion for basketball started for you? Uh, for me, uh, basically, it's, it's funny. I watched uh, the interview that you guys did with uh, Negus McKenna. And, uh, you know, we grew up in the same area in NDG. We went to the same school. Um, so, so for me, it was basically growing up in uh, NDG. I grew up on a street called Walkley, um, which was uh, very popular at that time uh, for basketball. Um, you know, all the kids, uh, we used to walk up Walkley and down the street. And as we trickled down the street, um, all the kids would start following us to the center, uh, which we call Loyola Center, uh, which was um, uh, on Summerled Street, uh, which is uh, which is the street in NDG. And that's where uh, they opened up the gym to us. It was a French high school, and they opened up the gym to us uh, after schools. And I mean, we used to spend uh, hours there. Uh, we used to have uh, something called Monday leads, Sunday leads. Uh, Tuesday would have practice. Uh, we'll play floor hockey there uh, on Friday nights. They'll have uh, weekly sleepovers. So we'll be playing basketball all the way till midnight, uh, then sleep over there and then go home in the morning. So um, I think at the age of around 12 uh, is when I really uh, started to go to that center. And I, I really fell in love with the sport because, you know, that's what everyone was doing at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you grew, you grew up with Negus McKenna at the same school, Wager. Um, yeah. So... Um, I want to know, so what made you decide to, I know you played at Sun Youth also. Yeah. Um, did you, was it because all your friends were going to go play at Sun Youth or what made you go to Sun Youth and play there? Yeah, for, for, for me, it was, you know, all, all the, what, what we call the inner city kids um, in that sort of English Montreal community. Uh, so NDG, uh, mainly NDG, uh, we all, you know, traveled at length to Sun Youth. Um, uh, because we we had you know it just it just started with one friend that that uh, got reached out to by some of the Sun Youth uh, coaches and went on to play there, and you know, one day one of my good friends, uh, you guys may know him, Fareed Charles, um, uh, he just asked me to come out to one of the tryouts. I went out with me and my brother. Uh, we made the team, and the rest was history. And uh, the 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 good thing about that is my high school coach. Uh, his name is Robert Ferguson, uh, was, was also the, the coach at Sun Youth at that time. So he was coaching us for high school and uh, at Sun Youth. Okay. You, you just talked about your brother. Can you talk a little bit about your relationship with your brother? I see you guys played together at Vanier, at Concordia. So just talk a little bit about your relationship with him. Yeah, well, well my brother Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Buckley, is. Uh, I know you guys can think of uh, people that you spend the most time with in your life. Yeah. Uh, uh, me, for me, that's my, my, my older brother, Dwayne Buckley, we're a year and a few months apart. 
so we 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 always played on teams together and uh the the good thing for me uh with my brother was that uh, I always tattled behind him so like i i I rarely had friends uh with kids in my age group I always went up and played with him and uh and chilled with him so every everything he was doing I was doing so I always got to play uh older guys uh from a from a young age um so uh, that experience alone uh, helped me develop as a player and, and become the player I am mm-hmm. uh, today. Um, of course, Sun Youth, you guys were phenomenal. You guys were really good. And you guys really put, I think, a lot of it, a lot of Sun success has to do with you guys, you know, winning banners and championships uh, year after year. Uh, at what point during your Sun Youth, I guess, moments did you know, oh, you know what, I think I want to play at the next level? Um. I, I believe honestly, once I reached the midget category, uh, once I reached midget, uh, there's a there's a coach name at Sun Youth, uh, Jim Sakarel, apologist, whatever his last <laughs> name is, uh, Jim S, uh, who really um, taught us the game, uh, really from uh, all the details. Um, so once once we went through Jim, once I went through Jim, I realized that. Hey, I have a, I have an IQ for this game. I have a mind for this game. I have a determination for this game, and uh, like I, I just love playing all the time. And and he really helped me uh, get out that passion uh, that I have for the game. So I think uh, my my two years at midget at Sun Youth, mm-hmm. uh, when I was around fourteen, fifteen, is really when I I, I decided that uh, basketball is what I want to do in the future. Okay. Yeah. At that time, what type of workout were you doing, like during the summer or during the year? Like, uh, what were you doing? I guess to get better. Yeah, it's a it's, that's a funny one. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no kind of workouts, no uh, ball handling and stuff. It's just us. What we did was we just went out and played in the park. Uh, we 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 definitely just we there there was no trainers, there were no skilled trainers at that time. Uh, we just went outside and we 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 played basketball on the courts all day. And a unique part with uh, my situation was uh, I have family um, in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, so me and my brother, growing up as a kid, we always spent a good portion of our summers uh, in uh, New York City in Brooklyn. And and our, our our cousin always used to bring us to the courts over there. And that's mm-hmm. I think where I developed my ball ball handling, uh, playing in the streets of New York uh, for, you know, those you know, five to six years as a teenager. Um, I think it was more that than anything else where, where I really um, developed a lot of my talent. Mm-hmm. And I, I know after Sun Youth, um, you went on and went to Vanier uh, with your brother. Um, can you tell us, is there a reason why you chose to go to Vanier and not another uh, CJEP? Um, I just follow after my brother. Uh, to be honest, like that's, yeah. you know, it, he went, he was at Vanier before me. I went to Vanier. Um, I know uh, his first year at Vanier when I was uh, still in high school, he actually got cut from that AAA team. Uh, so he ended up uh, coming back and playing at Sun Youth um, for a final year. But, um, you know, Wherever at that point in my life, it was just always what Big Brother is doing. I'm just gonna do. Uh, so uh, I mean, I know I, we were living in the West Island at that time. We moved there uh, in 2000, um, and uh, you know John Abbott was recruiting me. Uh, I had a little, uh, you know, 
talk with uh, and John DeAngelis because that, that was my first choice uh, coming out of uh, um, Sun Youth that I wanted to go to Champlain. I, you know, I went to see a lot of those CGIP games, uh, Champlain versus Dawson. I was just, I was just, um, you know, appalled by the way how, how John, um, John DeAngelis ran his program and, and some of the players that were there. I know like Chad Catterson was there and, and a lot of great players. So I always, I always liked the vibe there at Champlain, you know, so. Um, so why don't you go there? Uh, the, the biggest reason why we went there, I didn't go there was I had a, had a conversation with John, uh, mm-hmm. with JD. Um, and basically I lived uh, deep in West Island, Pierrefonds. And, you know, to get down to Champlain every yeah. day would, would at least take me two and a half hours there and back at least um uh so we we had a mutual you know uh, talk about that that you know he does, it's not that he doesn't want to recruit me it's just that you know it wouldn't be fair to me at that that point in time uh to to, to attend champlain uh because the distance uh that i live from there okay and how was your first year and your relationship with andy at that time uh, my, my first year, I mean, my relationship with Andy is, is, is great. Um, you know, uh, Seth, you can, you, Seth, you can attest to this. Uh, Andy is, uh, more than a great coach. He's a great person. Uh, he cares about his players. I mean, Andy taught me a lot about life. Uh, he still teaches me a lot about life. Any, you know, information, any problems I have, you know, I can always, uh, uh, dial Andy's number and he'll always pick up and, and give it mm-hmm. to me. So, I mean, and he was great on and off the floor. Uh, I know he was just uh, starting at the AAA level when we, we started to come out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he he basically put the ball in my hands and says, you know, Damien, you know, go do what you need to do. And, and you know, we, we definitely uh, enjoyed ourselves. We definitely had a good team. We, we fell short from a championship in our years there. But, you know, we went, we went into nationals as a wild card one year. Uh, and we had a lot of success in, in, in some of the tournaments we went to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I just want you to, what, what does it take to be a CJ player of like, I guess, on the court and off the court, if you could, you know, elaborate a little more on that. A, a CJ player? Yeah. Um, well, college and yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I would say, um, I would say focus, uh, time management, stuff like that uh would be the main thing uh mm-hmm. you'd have to have some kind of dedication uh to the game uh more than high school i think that was one of my toughest transition going from high school and and even mm-hmm. sun youth uh transition into playing at uh, vanier i mean i i, I yeah. and i told andy this story i told him after my second practice there and it was mostly just mm-hmm. running outside and bricks and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff um i sat in a locker room and I looked down at the floor and I said, I can't do this. Like I, I felt honestly after that, you know, second practice that this is just, is just too much for me. The running, the defensive slides, the, you know, the weight room, uh, it just, it just went up a, a huge notch from, from, from high school. And, you know, we were very, we were very um, spoiled at Sun Youth and, and Wager uh, because we were just so talented. Like, you know, it, it didn't matter who scored the ball. We, we had always, you know, out of, the, out of the top 10 players in the league, we always had seven, eight of them on our team. So mm-hmm. uh, everything came easy. And when I went to Vanier, um, 
you know, uh, Andy really got us ready for the real world. You know, mm-hmm. you're playing against guys two, three years older than you, uh, and you got to be ready to go. So that preparation process uh, really was uh, really was tough for me. Okay. And how long would you say it took you to adjust to the game? Like, like mm-hmm. at first, were you, I guess, not playing, and then mid midway to the first year, you st- you st- you were starting. Like, uh, can you tell us about? Um, no, for me, for me, I, I was I was the guy right away. Um, I came in I, again. This, this was sort of Andy's first years coaching, so um, he had some double A guys right. that he brought up. Uh, from when he was coaching double A yeah. uh, and I was coming in as one of the, one of the top uh, point guards coming out of high school. Um, so like I said, Andy gave me the ball uh, in my hand. And, and again, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff I did uh, positive on the floor, but there, there was a lot of things that, that I've, I could have done better. And, it, and it's just, uh, it's just being a rookie. Uh, it's just being a first year guy. Uh, you think you know it all. You think you're the best player, um, and there's so much other intangibles to the game uh, that Andy uh, uh, really taught me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know after Vanier you went to Concordia, but um, is there a reason why you chose to stay in Montreal? Why you didn't pursue to go play outside of Quebec? Uh, it's, it's, this is a, a long story. Uh, basically, uh, coming out of Vanier, I was, I think, I believe that last year I was, I was the most valuable player in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that league was uh, very talented with, you know, Maurice Joseph and, and uh, Negus McKenna and those yeah. guys at Champlain, Pierre-Marie Cespedes, Jeff Desado, Chris Warner. Um, and I, I actually won MVP that year. That was my second year of being all Canadian. Uh, but me, it was, a, it, was, it was really a situation before that um in high school where uh back in that in those days you needed your core classes in high school uh which would uh become an average and then you need the SAT score to match it uh mm-hmm. to be able to clear for uh division 1 which I did not and and you know the, for me there was a couple mistakes i made uh, uh in elementary I, i went to school in english i did not know um a word of french except bonjour and oui Uh, and my parents uh, put me into French immersion in high school. Uh, so I had to do everything in French, math in French. Uh, so my grades really dipped um, uh, as far as that's concerned in high school. And um, by that time, after I, I finished at Vanny in my third year, I actually went back to high school to, to, uh, to get better grades, uh, which I've done. Uh, but that year off, uh, a lot of Division One teams uh, started to lose interest. Um, and, uh, you know, after not playing for a year, uh, you know, they, they, they lost a lot of interest. I ended up signing a, to a Division II uh, school in uh, Florida, Eckerd College. And um, basically, a week before school, I, I just decided, you know, my dream was to play Division One basketball, and, and it didn't happen. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Let me tag along with my brother at uh, at a Concordia University, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. and the and the schedule there. I mean, was we're playing Duke, we're playing UConn, we're playing uh, Maryland, all these uh, big time schools. So um, okay. that that helped the the uh, decision too. Yeah. Do you, Do you have any advice for? I guess you just talk uh, talk about your journey. You have any advice for maybe French uh, guy uh, in high school or even English guy that maybe they should do their ACT. 
um, right after high school and not maybe wait until the second year or third year? Yeah, I, I think I think and I think now there's a lot more resources for that. Uh, I think there's a lot more people who understand the NCAA um, uh, procedures and how to clear and what the best route is, if that's what you want to do. Um, so my, my only advice uh, uh, for kids, English or French, uh, is uh, seek out the resources. You know, seek out uh, people who understand uh, uh, the procedures, understand the clearinghouse, understand um, uh, the system uh, for the NCAA uh, to make sure that you have all your core classes, to make sure uh, you understand when you should take your SATs, when you should start prepping for your SATs. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just really get out there and seek the knowledge for sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, at Concordia, obviously you had a very an amazing career there um really good good memories um can you name i guess what the impact that john door may have may have on you has had coaching coaching you there yeah um john door uh really was uh, a third father i think i had a father then andy was my second i think john uh john door was my third um uh, my situation in my first year was that mm -hmm. I was going to school. Uh, my son was born that first year. Uh, so my first year at university, I, I was going to school. I had basketball, which is a full-time job. And I, you know, I had my, my family, uh, young family. So uh, John was really um, helpful in a lot of situations with me. He was very understanding in my situation. You know, it wasn't easy. Sometimes I had to work to pay the bills. I don't know if you guys uh, realized back then in, in, in what was called the CIS, which is mm -hmm. now U-Sport, uh, you did not receive scholarships, right? Mm -hmm. So I got to work to pay for school. Uh, I had to take care of my young family. Uh, I had to go out there and score 30, uh, make sure we win. So there, there, there was a lot of um, pressure on me and, and mm -hmm. uh, definitely John Dora helped ease uh some of that pressure just you know how he coached me he always brought me in the office talked to me always you know was asking if i was okay if i needed anything if i needed help um so uh john definitely uh was one of those father father figures in my in my uh, journey at the concordia well for sure like you just said you're like having a young family and you're, you're it's a full-time job both on and off the court um, a lot of players would have just quit basketball and just decided to, you know what, I got to do what's right for, you know, priorities, you know. But then with you, you stuck, th stuck it through. Can you walk us through how you're going through that during that time and how, I guess, your brother, I'm sure your brother had a big impact in your life around that too. So can you just talk about that a little more? Yeah, so, again, for, for me, uh, quitting wasn't an option mm -hmm. uh, at all. I was always going to push through. Uh, I've been through a lot in my life before that. Uh, you know, uh, you know, years before in the year uh, 2000, uh, I got into a, a big car accident uh, coming back from a AU uh, oh. trip um, with Sunyu, and you know, me and my brother was in 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 the uh, in the van. Uh, Nathan Grant was in the van. Fareed Charles was in the van, and you know, I went through that experience then. Um, and and from there I, I was out from playing for probably like two months and you know that point in my life was the hardest in terms of you know the thing i did for as a youth every day i cannot do anymore mm -hmm. um 
you know, so from there, my mentality was always, I just want to, you know, play as much as possible, uh, no matter how hard it gets, I'm always going to push through. Uh, so, uh, so for me, it, it was a no brainer that I, that I wasn't going to quit. That was, I was always going to have uh, basketball, a part of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, it was tough, but I did what I had to do and I, and I managed to get through. Okay. You said that your first year at Vanier, Andy gave you the ball. Did your first year at Concordia, John Doerr give you the ball or it was a, I guess, maybe a harder transition? It was a harder transition because, uh, um, I don't know if you know, the, the, the team before, the year before, my brother was on that team, mm. actually just came from losing in a national championship game to Carlton. Right. So you have the second ranked team uh, in, in Canada, you know, and they lost their starting point guard. But every time you have that kind of national success, there's guys uh, behind waiting to, to, to assume that role. You know, and and again, I, I was I was on cloud nine. Yes. Uh, you know, the the all Canadian point guards leaving. They just lost a national championship game. I'm the CGIP MVP, I'm going to come in and we're going to get back to the national championship. In my head, that's what I thought was going to happen. Uh, and, and again, I, I coming out, um, I did not start. It's probably the first time in my career I did not start. Um, and it took me a while, probably a, a few months before I, I actually, uh, mid-season where I took that starting position. And, um, and then from there, it was just a go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know, is there... Um, after, after ball, so after Concordia was done, did you have a, did you, did you know what you want to do after Concordia was done or did you already have everything planned out? Uh, how, how, how were you going about it? No. Um, at, at that point I did not know. I knew I wanted to play professional basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last year there, um, I actually, uh, left a year early, uh, to try to pursue a, a professional career that uh, at that time, and I, and I, and I know Negus touched upon this, it, it was very tough. The market was very tough to get um, a job overseas. Um, there was not much happening in Canada as far as playing pro or semi-pro. Mm. Um, so that, that didn't work out for me. You know, it, it really didn't work out for me. And then, you know, from that year uh, until 2013, so 2009 to 2013, I basically... Um, you know, just started working, taking care of my young family. Uh, and, you know, then that took me into, you know, uh, playing a year of professional basketball for uh, the Montreal Jazz, which came back in 2013-14, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I just went on to coaching. So um, uh, I knew I wanted to play pro, but it, it just it just doesn't happen like that. And, and a lot of kids, uh, you know, are out there, you know, I want to play pro. I want to play pro. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of bodies uh, trying to, trying to get those jobs and, and mm-hmm. it's very competitive and you, you got to put in the work and, and understand that it's a business. You know? okay. Before we start talking about, I guess, your coaching career, can you just maybe tell us what was your best game at Concordia or maybe also your best teammate other than maybe, maybe your brother. So best game and best teammate that you play, oh. for, play with. Uh, best game. I would say my best game. I would have to go with. Uh, it was at Concordia University against uh, Illinois uh, University. Uh, they came here. That's when uh, uh, Jordan's son 
was playing on the team and there's a lot of hype. Um, and, you know, they came in our gym and I, I think I, I scored around 20 in the first half and my brother scored 20 in the second half. Uh, we, we ended up with 26 and 25 uh, and we took the W. Uh, that, that I think that was my best game just in terms of the magnitude of what, of what that did for us and for my psyche in general. I, mm-hmm. I always wanted to play Division One basketball, didn't get that opportunity. And to be able to, to come out and beat uh, a team that, you know, is, is relatively yeah. known uh, amongst, uh, amongst the basketball uh, enthusiasts that, that, you know, I played a, a significant part in, in, in winning that game. So I, I would have to go with uh, Illinois. Okay. And teammate. Oh, uh, my, my, my best teammate, my favorite teammate, other than my brother. Uh, I would have to go with uh, Pat Perrot. And second to him would have to be, or third, if my brother's there, is uh, Evans Laroche. Uh, I played a year with Evans Laroche, and uh, he knows he, he, saved my, he saved my behind on some big free throws that I just went to the line and, 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 and choked. Uh, and he came back and he, he finished the game against UCAM. And, um, you know, that was his freshman year. So I would have to go with him as a, as a close second. How many titles that you guys won during your four years or you guys didn't? didn't... I, I, we won two titles at, at Concordia. I won okay. two titles. Uh, yeah. Um, I wanna, so did you always know that you wanted to coach later? Or was that something Absolutely that Absolutely not. Okay. Never. I always thought I was going to, like you guys know, like yeah. as a youth, I, I'm going to make the NBA. I'm going to play pro. I'm going to do all these things. Absolutely not. Um, Honestly, what got me into coaching was uh, my son was growing up. Mm-hmm. And by that time, he was, you know, probably around eight, nine. Uh, then uh, Rodney uh, Scared, who, who runs the Sun Youth Program, just asked me to bring him out, you know, on the team. So he went that first year and he played. And, and, and then uh, Rodney said, you know, why don't you coach the team next year? And I said, well, yeah, well, I'm at all the practices. I know a bit about basketball. Yeah. Might, might as well just, just coach. Yeah. Uh, so I started coaching uh, that one year uh, with novice at Sun Youth, uh, and then the next year I, I coached um, Bantam Sun Youth and won uh, uh, won a title there. I actually won at novice too, and then and then I won at, at Bantam. Oh, wow. okay. What well, was it hard at first coaching? Like, where did you get? I guess your stuff. Did you had mentor? You were asking Andy or John Dor? Like, how was it no. when you started coaching? Uh, when I started, I, I just really uh, relied on what I knew about the game. Uh, you know, at that, that novice age, I think I, I played enough basketball and seen enough basketball where um, I can get by uh, coaching at, at that level. The year after, when I reached Banton, that's when I started to really study a little bit of the game. Um, uh, I wasn't that, uh, I didn't reach out to a lot of people, but just, you know, going to CJIP games, going to university games, watching, seeing what they're doing, obviously watching uh, NBA, NCA stuff, and sort of trying to develop my own uh, way, style of coaching. Um, and yeah, I, again, th- those are my only two years at Sun, Sun Youth, and then I, I got an offer to uh, coach at Concordia mm-hmm. right after. I mean, that must have been very, uh, like, a loop thing, you know, at Concordia. So how, how is it now coming from the coaching side at Concordia, knowing that you played there? And you know all the history behind it. How was that Concordia? Uh, it's, I, I mean, it's it's different. 
you know, you, you, you come from playing uh, at Concordia being one of the, one of the uh, Canadian powerhouses back then. That's what mm-hmm. we were considered. Uh, we always ranked in the top five, uh, uh, whatever it be. But, you know, now coaching, you, you expect things that happen when you played, yeah. right? You, you expect that sense of urgency. You expect uh, everyone to be talking. You expect everyone to be in the defensive side. You expect a high level of basketball. And, you, and, and as a player, uh, you know, transitioning into a coach, uh, it's very difficult difficult because you believe if you go out there, you can do the job yourself and, 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 and coach. And you really have to humble yourself and you really have to understand that uh, it's, it's all a process. Mm-hmm. And, and what I thought, uh, you know, during my years, I, I still had a, a lot of bad habits coming in as a first year kid, a second year kid. And there's a lot of things I had to learn and progress. So mm-hmm. uh, it's really just... Uh, taking a step back and understanding, hey, uh, my job is to teach these guys how to play, mm-hmm. right? Teach these guys um, about life. Teach these guys about, uh, you know, understanding, communication, uh, all these things. So um, it, were, it was really tough my first two years because I still had the player's mentality, you know, and you you really have to uh, humble yourself and, and, and really understand what the coach is there for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All those, all those, um, like you have a, your resume speaks for itself. Um, you know, being all Canadian, winning championships, being one of the top basketball players at the time that you were playing. Um, what message do you have for these kids that are playing now that I guess are, you know, are really good? Cause not everyone makes the NBA, right? Well, that's what mm-hmm. everyone's aiming for, but not everyone makes it. What message do you have for them that if just cause they're not in the NBA, like you, you're like your story of success, you know, you've done a lot of things, you know, and you're not in the NBA. Do you have anything to tell yeah. the kids now that not to quit just because something didn't work out to keep pushing through it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically what I would say is um, basketball is a tool of life, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, you never know where it'll bring you, but if you treat it right, if you have respect for it, uh, if you work hard, there will be a spot for you in basketball might be coaching, might be recruiting, might be training, might be uh, scouting. Uh, there's, there's a lot of um, ways to stay involved with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you never know. Like, I, who would have thought, you know, for me 10 years ago that I would be this coach and this trainer? I would never even think about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as a kid who, who growing up wasn't really, I didn't really get trained, you know, in, in, in the sense that I'm doing right now. Um, there's a, there's a lot more opportunities and resources, especially here in Montreal and Canada. I think we're a hotbed uh, in the world as in, in terms of players coming out now. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you if you work hard, you have dedication. Uh, something will come out of this if you, mm-hmm. if you if you just put your head to it. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I see. I see you on social media. You train kids. You train like the NBA prospect Kareem. But like you said, when you were young, you were not uh, doing workouts. So Like, are you like kind of surprised and what you think? Is it pros and cons? Maybe back then people were just playing, no workout. And now I don't see a lot of people at the park, but they all work out and show video on Instagram. Like, what you think of that? Um, I think I think it has to be a balance of both. Um, absolutely. I, I think um, going out and playing is, is, is all good. Uh, but again, it's, I think it's about the balance. You have to uh, you have to. To train your skills to be able to go and and 
and uh, play in a game, in a five-on-five game. So whatever skill it, it, it may be, uh, ball handling, passing, uh, footwork, uh, you want to train these things and go play. You cannot just train and not play or just play mm-hmm. and not train. Uh, so I think, I think the kids now that have a, a good balance of training and playing are the ones that are seeing a lot of the success. And, and we can see it with a, a lot of uh, youth programs around the city. You can see um, those programs that try to apply both are the ones that are, are seeing the most success with their, with their uh, student athletes. Mm-hmm. And um, can, you, can you just mention you're a trainer now? Um, and by, back then, you, you never trained, like, you know, the skills was like a big loop once again. Um, mm-hmm. how, so I know you have, a, um, you have your own, I guess, a program going on called Uphill. Would yeah. you, can you talk more about it and what's it about? Yeah, yeah so Uphill was sort of developed by uh, me and uh, my then partner, Nathan Grant, who, who's, a, who's a good friend, who's now uh, coaching at University of Laval. Uh, we developed the program in 2017. And basically what we want to do is give uh, resources to kids that need, you know, skill enhancement, skill development. Um, And what we see uh, with our community right now, our basketball community, is is a lot of these kids play on teams, uh, but they don't have the resources to get better, Mm -hmm. you know. And so we created this program where we can have kids come in uh, and we we go through uh, the process of you know getting better whether it's ball handling, footwork, shooting. Um, and the thing with uh, myself and uh, uh, Coach Nathan is that we really study the game. Uh, we spend all our time studying the game. We're always on conference calls. Uh, we're always watching videos. We're always reaching out to other coaches, trainers uh, around the world. Uh, so we we felt that we had a good. Uh, knowledge of how to improve enhance the skills of uh the kids in our community so that's why we we, we started the program okay yeah. okay uh, are you guys building something because i saw on uh, your i guess your mm-hmm. social media or someone that so, yeah. someone something's coming and you guys building a gym like i was curious yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so I, I i guess um paving the way is going to get it first from uh, from me <laughs> uh, okay. yeah. I put I put a lot of little snippets out there, but mm-hmm. yes, in, in, indeed, um, I'm part of a, a partnership uh, uh, with two other individuals. Um, we're opening up a training facility. Uh, it's going to be called All Ball Centre All Ball. Uh, it's in Dorval, uh, close to the West Island, and basically, we're going to have uh, between seven and nine uh, hoops up there, all with uh, shooting guns. Uh, we're going to have uh, two half courts. Wow. Uh, we're going to have a recovery room, um, a lounge. Uh, it's going to be really one of these uh, facilities that you always see on the, the Instagram videos with some of the trainers in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so we're definitely uh, opening that up and bringing it to Montreal. Uh, and I'm super uh, pumped for it, uh, you know, that we were, were able to uh, pull this off in this time right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the community of uh, Montreal is, is definitely behind me. And, you know, we're going to see a lot of um, youth players in, in, in those gyms getting up shots, getting in training sessions, and just ultimately having the resources to improve their, improve their game. Um, do, you know, do you know around what time you guys are planning to open it up, grand opening? Um, grand opening, I guess pre-open will be probably September 1st. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, that's what uh, we're aiming for. 
and then our grand opening will probably be the, the month after October first. Okay. Uh, right. So it's, it's just for everyone to 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 keep up on our Instagram, uh, Centre Albal. Uh, keep up on my IG, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Coach underscore Dion, and uh, you'll find out all the information about that. Definitely, we'll definitely have your information below the description. Uh, I think it's really great what you guys are doing for the community, and it's a really big. Uh, it's a big opportunity for the city of Montreal, especially for kids that, you know, want to go and do not and enhance their basketball skills. Um, yeah, I have a question. Yeah. Is this strictly just going to be for basketball or can like a football player come and do the, the, the weights and, or like other sports? No, or bas- basketball. basketball. Okay. This, this is, this is, this is, this is definitely for the city, mm-hmm. uh, for, for, my, for our community. Mm-hmm. Uh, our basketball community uh we need something like this for yeah. uh, for our community and it's uh it's definitely strictly basketball okay definitely okay strictly basketball okay can you talk a little bit about your pro-am i know you guys uh like three yeah. four years ago you guys ballers started echelon yeah yeah ballers echelon this would this would have been our third year third, okay. uh obviously we can't play due to covid uh but yeah again uh, again that was just an idea from actually one of my younger brothers who said, you know, why don't you guys start a, you know, start a league? And, and I, I, and I remember when I used to play in the summers, um, we used to play um, in, in all these little tournaments, but it was, it was always this, the same teams. It was always like diamond ballers with, you know, with Ricky Volsi and, and, uh, and uh, Yule and, and, uh, Mark Dan- Mark Danielle and those guys, and then you had our team, which was ADED, uh, all day every day with myself, uh, Dwayne, Nathan, Negus, uh, Shrey Thomas. So, and we always had these battles. There was Dynamo, uh, the Quebec City guys. So, for for me, that always felt like in the summertime there was always some pro am league. There were always mini tournaments, but it was, it was basically a pro am league that that we used to play in, and and there used to be something called LBQ. Uh, that used that I used to play in, and uh, I thought this, those are those are fantastic for the cities, and for for us for for us, I I, I didn't think there was a reason for us not to have something like this mm-hmm. uh, under any circumstances. So, you know, that summer we just you know got our heads together. We started to reach out to some of the players uh, because I was in the basketball community a bit more. I reached out to every single player individually started on um messenger you know reach out to all the players and said yeah yeah i'm in reached out to chris joe uh he was in uh and then once some of those top players started to uh, commit uh everyone else just jumped on board and you know you know those games we've seen some really high level games um with those guys and you know a lot of those guys are playing professional now a lot mm-hmm. of those guys are playing professionals and it gives it gives the youth sport guys uh, and X Division One players a chance to play against some of the, some of the pro guys, pro guys, and eventually, you know, might land a deal playing, you know, overseas somewhere. And and it, it already has happened. So uh, that was our vision uh, for for players to come and you know all come back to Montreal and and uh, and put on for the city. You know, especially in front of the kids, they you know it's good for the kids to really come out to those games and see where they could be if they work as hard. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, so, like you have, so you have the pro am. You have the, the facility coming soon, and then you have your uphill going on. I mean, you're doing big stuff for the city of Montreal, you know, and that's major yeah. props to you and I guess the people you're working with. You know, Thanks. it takes a lot of um, it takes a, a really big positive 
community to, you know, get this, all these things going. And I really appreciate what you're doing for the community, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I have, I, have, um, I guess, last question for me. How was the feeling of winning with Concordia as a coach two years ago? And as a player, what was the difference and how was the feeling? Because we were talking to Negus and he won as a player, but he said he was also special winning as a coach. So how was it for you? Yeah, I, I figured that you guys are going to ask me this question. <laughs> um, I, my, my playing days, uh, really, I was really excited to win. Um, I, I didn't win a championship through my years at Vanier. So uh, I went to Wager, Sun Youth, winning all my years then not winning for three years, actually four years, because my first year at university, I did not win. And then winning that, that first championship was sweet for me. Uh, and then we lost again, and then we won our, our second championship. Uh, but for me, winning as a coach, I think was far sweeter. Like I, it was because, especially for me, like I, I think, I always think there's some kind of target on my back or whoever's back. Like we came in, uh, myself and Roscoe were young coaches. I actually played with coach Roscoe uh, for one year uh, at, uh, at Concordia. And we always feel like there's something against Concordia. That, that was our, that was my feeling. Right. And everyone was against us. Like I'll give you a perfect example. We, we did not, uh, we did not sign any AAA uh, CJIP players in the past two years prior to that, right? So it was always double-A players or third or fourth-tier uh, Ontario players that we got in. We worked with them for two, three, four years, and it really ultimately led to that championship. So when you look at guys like Adrian Armstrong, who played double-A basketball at Vanier, who's one of the top shooters in, in U sport that year, uh, Ricardo Mange, who played for John Abbott, who was you know, a, a subpar team back then. And no one ever thought that he would uh, become the player he is. And he was MVP that year or so. Um, I, that, to me, that was the sweetest thing, to be able to help, you know, 15 to 18 individuals, um, you know, all be on the same page, all understanding the goal. And, and, and for, for me and Coach Roscoe and, and, and Coach Dwight and Coach Jay that were all there, it, it's it's basically the kids buying into our system, right? And that, that feeling is second to none. When you're winning a championship as a player, you just win. Like, yes, I won. I feel good about myself. Yes, I'm happy the team won. But here, you have all this joy, and then you see 15 to 18 players jumping around and, and you know, saying this is the best feeling in the world. That, I mean, as a coach was, to me, yeah. the best, best ultimate feeling. 100%. That's fair. Oh, uh, listen, like uh, your whole resume, like I said, speaks for itself in the basketball community. What you're doing is wonderful. And it's really nice to see, um, you know, foreign players giving back to community and helping the how the kids now are, you know, producing. So uh, really good stuff you're doing. Um, right now we're going to play a little game. We actually play two games. One will go Kenny's game first and then mine. All right. Uh, okay. Can you name me your top five player that you play with, like from point guard to center? If if you want, you can put yourself in it, but you need to give me like top five. Point that guard to with. center. Yeah, yeah. point guard, string guard, small forward that you play at with. At any time in my career. Yeah. Anytime, anytime that you play with. Oof. 
Okay, so I won't I won't put myself in there. <laughs> okay, so point guard for sure unanimous uh, Pierre Marie Cespedes. Okay. Uh, we played our last year together at Sun Youth. Uh, fantastic battles in in practice. Uh, so him at the one. Uh, and this is who I played with, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, at the two. Oof. At the two. At the two, I, I would have to. Let's let's go with um, Dwayne Buckley, even though he's probably more of a three. But I'll, I'll put him at the two. Um, at the three, I would have to go with. Um, let's say uh, Colson Sinet, uh, who I played with at Vanier, went on to play at Robert Morris. Uh, at the four, uh, I have to go with. Uh, Ooh, this is tough. Negus McKenna or Pat Perrot, okay. right side by side, and at center I would have to go with um, Shrey Thomas, okay. who I played with at uh, Sun Youth. And okay. and who's the coach? Oh wow! <laughs> oh, who's the coach? Um, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna go with Damian Buckley on, as the coach. Okay, oh, all right. Damian Buckley. Let's, 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 keep, let's, let's keep it there. Yeah, oh, man. All right, so this game is called Start, Bench, Cut. So you, I'm gonna give you three things, and you gotta start one, bench one, and cut one. Um, so one is winning your championship as a coach. You just said. Um, one is being MVP your Vanier year. And uh, the third one would be winning your last year. Actually, you know what? Your third one is your Sun Youth days, playing, playing that whole Sun Youth. So you going to Sun Youth, playing the whole time. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Definitely cut is MVP. Uh, just just want to win more than it. That was, that was a big year. You're MVP. You have a lot of guys in the league. You know, you're the top. Yeah, but again, the ultimate goal is to win. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely cut that. Um, uh, bench, I would have to go with. Whew, Sun Youth days were good, boy. E. Bench, I'll have to go with Sun Youth days, Ooh. and start. I have to go with uh, championship. Every so, coach. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I have a question. Going back, um, yeah. how were your days? Because you played on the Vanny team. You guys are really good teams. Your your three years there. And you played on your Concordia team. Again, great players around. How were practices like during that time with um, all those great players? Practices were good, competitive. But a side note to that, mm -hmm. not as competitive, competitive as Sun Youth. Oh, yeah? Right? Okay. Yeah, because I, I think when I played, uh, when I played in, in those years, I... I I, I really never, we had always had great teams, but it was always myself at the point guard. There was never, you know, no disrespect to anyone. There was never no one to really challenge me, okay. you know, at, at the point guard position uh, in, in my years uh, playing there. But at Sun Youth, it was, it was just nonstop. It was just, you know, Pierre-Marie Cespedes. It was Nathan Grant trying to guard me. Uh, my brother trying to like it, it was just ultra it was just too ultra competitive mm -hmm. you know and and um you know i although i i, I loved vanny and, and concordia but it was more 
it was more getting through understanding the plays, understanding our defensive schemes, understanding a lot of different things. All that was all that was good in learning the game. Uh, but when I'm talking competing, it was definitely you know Sun Youth by far. Just, yeah. Uh, and, and, that, and, and as a coach at Concordia, um, what, do you, what do you look for in players that I guess trying to, would not want to play for you? Um, uh, so this is a, a great question because when we first tar- started, uh, we were very young coaches, mm-hmm. it was all about talent. You know, we want that 6-5 wing. We want, you know, and we, we, we quickly realized that um, it's all about uh, the, the kids that have, uh, a good work ethic, um, dedication, uh, very coachable, very important. Because uh, we had uh, on our Concordia teams a lot of players uh, that were very talented, that were all-star players in, in CJIP, uh coming out. And, you know, uh, just because of their, their, their lack of uh, desire to, you know, to be coachable, uh, to work hard, uh, to be gym rats, uh, things like that, uh, it didn't go hand in hand. And when you reach that level, um, there's guys, you know, just as talented as you, you know, that are older than you, uh, you know, so it, there's a lot of other things other than talent. So I would definitely say um, coachability, uh, hardworking, uh, dedication uh, for the game. Okay. Last last question for me. I saw a video like I think the day the day after that uh, Banny won, uh, Karim Mene was I guess training with you the I guess the next morning or something. So uh, I oh. guess uh, everybody was kind of surprised. So can you tell me a little bit about I guess him like what's what the future hold for him and how it is to train him? Uh, well, be, because I'm on this platform, he doesn't you know he doesn't like to be talked about. But I, I'll give <laughs> you I'll give you guys the goods. Uh, Kareem Mane is, for me personally, and being around the game and being around a lot of players in Montreal, uh, the most dedicated player to the game. I mean, this kid, uh, and the the story about after he won the championship, it was that night. Uh, So I watched the game. He won the championship. Um, You know, I let him enjoy with his family, with his teammates. You know, I, 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 I walked to my car. Soon as I got in my car, boom, phone's ringing. Karimane, hey, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, you're going to go out, party with your friends, you know, enjoy yourself. Uh, now, nah, is, 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 is there a gym open? What, what gym are you talking about? Go party with you, go have fun with, you, with your guys. No, nah, I, got, I got to get to work. Missed, missed a bunch of free throws. Just, uh, I want to get into work. Made a few calls, right? Got a gym open. You know, met me there. Probably went from probably like eleven thirty at night all the way to like three in the morning, just okay. nonstop. It was there. It was myself. It was Cremane. Berkey Reed was there. Uh, one of his good friends were there, and we we just we just trained for like two and a half hours, three hours. Um, and that's that's the kind of approach he has. Uh, ever ever since I started with Cremane, um, it's it's been everything's been sacrificed, not only with me, but with him. Like I would wake up five in the morning, uh, go pick him up. We'll, you know, we'll go shoot, we'll go train. And then he'll, then he'll go to classes. Uh, so a lot of people don't know what's behind all the success behind Kareem Mane. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's literally early, early mornings and late, late nights constantly, you know? Wow. So, 
um, uh, there's going to be big success for Kareem Mane. I don't see how it cannot be. He, this kid works so hard. Uh, he's only interested in getting better. Uh, very, very humble. Um, and, you know, sky's the limit for him. So during these, uh, during these times of COVID and everything, like, what are you doing to, I guess, stay focused and stay, um, stay up and positive-minded during these uh, pandemics? Uh, well, for me, uh, for me, the number one was being able to really uh, uh, spend time with the family mm-hmm. uh, because with, with, like you guys mentioned, a, a bunch of stuff I'm doing, you know, mm-hmm. coaching, recruiting, scouting, training. Uh, there's not much time at the household, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, kudos to my wife. Uh, everyone calls her superwoman. You know, I have five little kids running around here and wow. she's, she's the one that, you know, holds down the household. So. Uh, so really during that time, it's just, now I have time to wake up and actually stay home, you know, mm-hmm. you know, play games with my kids, you know, uh, do some, you know, do homework, uh, uh, just to really get to know my kids and spend time with the family. I think, especially for the first couple months, uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, and then, you know, basically now I'm back at it. Uh, you know, I've, I've been, uh, Last month, I was outdoors doing training sessions, uh, you know, obviously following the COVID-19 uh, precautionary uh, uh, rules that are, that are around. And now, you know, I've been in a gym training, uh, again, with the same thing uh, for the past month, uh, just staying busy. I, I do Zoom trainings. I do, uh, you know, I have home calls for individuals. Uh, so, uh, again, very much busy, uh, you know, just, you know, doing basketball. That's, that's, that's what I do for a living. That's cool. nice. Yeah. 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 So yeah. listen, listen, Damon. You've been very, very good to talk to. You know, learn about the grind. You. A lot of people, like you said, they think they don't see the glitz and glamour. All they see is the glitz and glamour, right? It was, yeah. you know, the the hype and they don't they don't know the work that it takes to get to the position you're in and the things that you're doing. You have balancing life and balancing basketball. So I really yeah. appreciate your time on here and talking to the, the to everyone who's on it for sure. Tune in and hear hear this. I think it's a very good, um, very good. You're a very good uh, individual and, of course, basketball player. So I really appreciate thank what you're you doing for the community. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, guys. Okay. Merci encore. Merci encore d'avoir accepté l'invitation. Il y a beaucoup de monde qui vont regarder l'interview puis qui vont être uh, impressionnés par tout ce que tu as dit puis ils vont apprendre. So, merci encore. Parfait. Merci. Merci. And for everyone listening, don't forget to subscribe. Once again, I'm Seth Amor, a.k.a. SA. I'm Kenny, a.k.a. KGL. And please stay tuned for our next episode.